Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. Welcome to Workflow Wednesday. Nice. Uh, we, we were actually having some small talk about uh, feeling old in our interaction with technology, uh, which leads us really to a conversation which highlights Rin uh, Tompkins, who's with us today. Uh, Rin, thank you so much for making time to hang out with the Book of Podcasts, Workflow Wednesday, Rich and Heather, Haley, and myself. Hey, yeah, thank you, you so much for having me. And and we're going to, I think this conversation is going to end up being extremely wide ranging today. I was <laughs> saying to Ren in an email yesterday, this is I, how much I'm looking forward to this episode because um, while we do have kind of a primary topic that we're going to get to, this is a workflow uh, centric episode, if you will, and, and show, but Ren has some of the best sense of humor uh, of any of the photographers in our Chattanooga market. She is in Chattanooga. We get to hang out usually every Thursday at our photographer's brunch. Yeah. And, I kind of um, think, I kind of think that's kind of funny that we're all in the same uh, town, but we're, and all, we're on video. Yeah, we're all on video. <laughs> we could all be in one room right now and be like, Oh, this would be, you know, but no, we, we had to be in our individual cozy little home. <laughs> it's actually yeah, it's really more true. fun that way. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, it, it's a great point that we should think about maybe doing a live show, like all in person at some point, if we can figure out the, the technology. Uh, yeah, we need, to do it at, we need to do it at Haley's house because look at the lighting. Look at the lighting on Haley right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's so dramatic. It's so, so flattering and awesome. Very artistic. Uh, I'll have like, to get like five more computers to set up. <laughs> yeah, we look like Oopa Loopas here. Look how gorgeous. <laughs> so. Haley, is that, is that your computer screen? Yeah, I have a desktop that I hardly ever work on. And then I have my laptop that I focus on the most, but I just put it on. Well, all my lights are out. My blinds are shut. So, I mean, it's dark here anyway. So, all right. So this is our our tech tip for the day. Uh, (laughs) Throw a computer screen at you. There you go. Uh, Okay. Well, and this is actually a great segue, by the way. For those of you who are listening to the audio version on the podcast, thank you for listening in. But this is also a Facebook Live feed video. And um, this goes out to facebook.com slash photogs edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. It's Photographers Edit's Facebook page is where we send this live. So I'm sure this conversation, again, is going to be wide ranging today. There's going to be much more show and tell um, than maybe even average (laughs) Uh, but Haley was actually just showing us, she turned her screen around to show us how she's got her computer set up so that it's actually lighting her with, as Rich pointed out earlier, this beautiful Rembrandt lighting. Um, <laughs> so definitely check out the live video if you don't get a chance. Come join us. Don't hesitate to comment if you're if you're watching. Um, jump in, comment, ask questions, make suggestions, make fun of Rich, whatever you'd like to do. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> That's my primary focus. <laughs> um, I already alluded to this, but just like a 10 second blurb here for those of you who are new to Workflow Wednesday. This is uh, really the third of uh, or second, I'm sorry, of thir- three episodes that we put out in the book of podcasts every week. This is centered around workflow, hence the name. All of us are involved in some way in workflow on a day to day basis as photography business owners. We may not use that term, uh, but the reality is that is the case. And we want to help you figure out more efficient ways to implement workflow so that you can save time and have a life. Do more than just sit around on a computer all day or on your phone all day. Connect with the people that are important to you. Travel. Ren is like, if you guys aren't following Ren on Instagram, you have to. And it's just Instagram.com slash Ren, R-Y-N-L-O-R-E-N. Check out her Instagram feed. The the traveling she's done is incredible. Uh, But anyway... Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's entertaining. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, let's just, I mean, this is a good segue because we yeah. were on your website. We, we saw, we went to your about me page and you were, you were standing, it looks like in front of a glacier. Where are you? 
Yes. Um, I was at Spencer Glacier right outside of Anchorage, Alaska. So um, my sister was over there for a little bit. And one of her friends who was like 21 at the time, we hopped in this little tiny bush plane with him and he flew us all the way over there. We landed on this um, frozen lake and then we just walked around this glacier. It was epic. It was amazing. That is so awesome. We're actually headed to Alaska for the first time this July. And so we may hit you up for some advice about what to do. We're going to spend a few days in Anchorage and then head on a southbound cruise. Um, And so, yeah, we're really excited about that. So our eyes lit up when we saw that picture of you on your website. I know. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. We're excited about all things. In July, but because we are actually going to take a helicopter ride and land on a glacier in July. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And go dog sledding with some Alaskan husky. Oh, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you get to do the dog sledding run? No, I did not do dog sledding. I spent most of my time in the air or um, just traveling around. So that is awesome. I love well, that photo. Rich mentioned Ren's website. It's Ren Loren, just like I spelled a second ago, R-Y-N-L-O-R-E-N photography.com. So we'll put both that and her Instagram in the show notes too. If you go to Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com, uh, you can see a, a load of show notes there. Haley, I always say this, but it, I, I'm so impressed and, and I love how Haley puts together the show notes for all the podcast episodes that we do. It's a load of resources, a lot of information. So make sure you check that out. Uh, but back to you, Rich, I'll let you kind of carry the, the introduction of the, the illustrious Rin Tompkins. Well, yeah. We, uh, so this is kind of unusual that we actually get to, um, to talk with people we already know. So, uh, so uh, uh, Rin is, uh, is definitely a, 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 a normal, a, a, not a normal person. <laughs> A regular, a regular, a regular photographer <laughs> hangs out with us on, on Sundays, and uh, she is quite normal. So, uh, but uh, please define regular. <laughs> I know, right? Regular attender of our our, uh, Thursday, our Thursday night, our Thursday day uh, uh, get together. So, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I thought I thought this was originally going to be about Instagram stories um, because uh, she she this this girl is the one that taught me about Instagram. Um, so, uh, so I thought we were going to like rename this to Rin teaches old people how to do the, (laughs) you're kind of letting me down. You've only posted what two stories since uh, I taught you how to do it. Three, come on. (laughs) Okay. Three. I'm warming up to them. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I have higher expectations for you. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I, I talked do... about this before, but like as much as Ren's sense of humor, I, I, I love it. Her sarcasm and her wit. Rich, same thing goes for you, man. Like we, I think we all want to see stories from you because yeah. and we want that, that sense of humor. That's so much of what makes you, you. That's oh so true. man. I, uh, um, yeah, he was being ridiculous this morning. And I literally said to our kids, I'm like, girls, marry a man who makes you laugh because <laughs> it just life can be stressful. It can be overwhelming. Sometimes there's a lot of obligations and responsibilities, uh, inherent in adulting. And this guy keeps it interesting. And I'm just thankful for that because I, I'm too serious, you know, like I, I need, I'm, I need yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Rand, yeah. I think one of these days I'm going to like show you how boring my life is. You'll be like, and you'll, you'll be like, hey. Rich, Rich, you need to calm it down. We don't need to. Like, you, you Meanwhile, boring. Heather's like, your life is not boring. I, I'm like, yeah. 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 I'll be like, oh yeah, here, here's me from my computer. Again, here's me from my computer <laughs> at another place. Here's me from my computer at another place. Yeah. And here I am about to go to bed. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my day. Well, Rin, Rin was both an inspiration for Rich and I because neither of us, um, Rich really hadn't spent any time on stories. I had taken a hiatus, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had conversation at this weekly brunch, the Thursday Photographers Brunch here in Chattanooga. By the way, for any Chattanooga photographers listening in or watching, please come join us. It's the same place every week, same time, 11 a.m. Come hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes it's a smaller group. Sometimes it's a larger group. Usually it's at least Haley, myself, and Rin. Sometimes yeah. Rich. Maybe Heather, if we get really lucky, and then <laughs> there's a sprinkling of others that kind of come and join us occasionally. So um, it's a lot of fun. But one of the things that we, I've, I brought this up now, probably at least twice, maybe even more on various book podcast episodes since that, that little hangout a couple of weeks ago, where you were talking about stories, Ren. One of the things that I think we should highlight again was as busy as you are, and people will see um, this on, if they start following you on Instagram and watch your stories, you're posting sometimes 10, 15 times a day. Yes. And my assumption that day when we were having this conversation was that like you're, you're on Instagram constantly in order to make that happen. You've also talked about how most, if not all of your business right now is coming through Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. And so 
in some ways I could, I could, even if it's taking up a ton of your time, I can see that the investment, that the ROI makes sense. But um, as much as we talk here on the podcast about getting away from our phones, our computers and, and actually living, doing more than just work, mm-hmm. uh, it was really fascinating to me to hear when you told me you actually pulled up the stats on your iPhone that showed you're only using Instagram about an average of an hour a day. Yeah, and just an hour. An hour and an hour a day is essentially running your business or generating the business mm-hmm. that you that you want or you need, which is so impressive. Can you just comment a little bit on on what that looks like for you? Yeah. So um, with my Instagram, I really, really enjoy being on Instagram, first of all. So it was a natural transition for me to spend time building my business on there. Um, I think in last week we were talking about how Um, I look at my Instagram feed, those like nine posts that are on your, you know, when you first pull it up as kind of like the front door to your house or the curb appeal to be like, Oh, that's Mm. cute. Or, you know, to attract people. And then your stories are like welcoming you into the living room. I'm like, come on, let's see how we, you know, do things around here. Um, yeah. And then, so since I was already spending a lot of my time on Instagram or I was just already taking videos of things that I wanted to remember or stuff, you just post them on your story. And it takes me, I'd say even out of the hour that I spend a day, I probably only spend maybe 20 minutes of that, um, towards business strictly. So, so are those, is, are those that hour that you spend over the course of the day? Is that impromptu and spontaneous or is that you kind of think about that in advance how does that work yeah. it's kind of a mixture of both so for instance if you see my story today I was walking out to my car and there was turkeys by my car I'm like am I gonna get attacked by turkeys you know there's just like two huge birds and so that was impromptu um but do you know how many people commented on that and just like send me Instagram messages they're like what in the world you know so that was funny and then um I do try to be strategic. So right now, uh, it's actually the third week that I've um, started to do would I rather Wednesdays instead of asking people, what would you rather do? I turned it around towards me just so that my audience can get to know me a little bit better. Um, So I think the first week I asked, do you think that I would rather skinny dip or jump in fully clothed? And everyone pretty much voted that I would skinny dip. And I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I am like a rule follower. So, so, so uh, uh, I got to ask you, do you, uh, are you also on Snapchat? I mean, because, uh, because um, I mean, like Instagram added that feature uh, to combat what snap, because it basically the stories and Snapchat is basically the exact same thing, right? Um, it's similar, but I think it has a different purpose. I don't do Snapchat anymore. I used to do Snapchat, but it was more of just like a personal experience, like with other people, like close friends, my siblings, and it wasn't for, it didn't have the intention of business behind it or, um, inviting people into my life. It was just more of if I wanted to take a picture or a video and send it to someone, but I didn't want it to stay on my phone. (laughs) You know how like you get tired of like, random videos and pictures on your phone that you don't want to keep. But right, yeah. Right. yeah. So I kind of use it as a tool for that versus building a personal brand. Yeah. yeah okay. I think it also um, is relevant to who your market is because 100%. most of our market is not going to be on Snapchat or at least the ones that are mm-hmm. using it for entertainment with their friends. They're going to be like high schoolish aged. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it too. I would actually be curious to see the numbers, what they are um, right now too. comparison. I mean, as far as the way that different segments of the market spend time on the various apps, I don't know if there's accurate data out there uh, that the conversation about our target audience is extremely relevant. I think it's, it's no longer like a, like a one-off conversation here and there about Facebook. We know that people are tending to move away from Facebook at least a bit mm-hmm. more. Uh, in, so, in some ways, um, and spending a bit more time on Instagram, if no, no other reason than they enjoy it. Um, and you don't have a lot of the, I mean, for lack of a better explanation, that the BS running through your feed, there's there's just a lot of noise there. And when when there is, when you get to focus on an image and, you know, if you want to, to read the text, read the text, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a very simple experience, which I think is really great in our noisy kind of complicated world. But um, Snapchat does seem to be, targeted right now more toward the, the high schoolers, basically junior mm-hmm. high, high school, um, at least from my, my little bit of understanding. Um, so I, I think it makes sense to focus 
where our market is, I think it also makes sense. You know, like I, I know we've talked about Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast quite a bit. Um, and I'll, I'll mention again that, you know, one of the things that has certainly been inspirational for, for me in listening to watching his content is the significance of being everywhere. Uh, but I also don't, A, care to work 80 hours a week and B, ultimately in, in wanting to create a particular lifestyle that doesn't revolve around displaying everything that I do, being on technology nonstop. Um, and so at that point, if that's the reality, if that's our value system, then the question, of course, is how, where, what's the 80-20? Where can I spend you know, the, the 20% of the time and get 80% of the results? What's the biggest ROI, very simply? And Instagram right now seems to be largely where it's at, not downplaying how Facebook can still play a role. I mean, we're, we're actively using Facebook for both Boca Podcast and Photographer's Edit. Um, but as far as personal engagement, and Instagram seems to be kind of where it's at right now. Would you say that, Ren, or what's your take on it? I'm curious to your perspective. Yes, especially for my audience. I basically spend no time on Facebook. I um, Facebook is more of where I connect with family of brides and you know, the older generation, older crowd seems to be more active on Facebook and will follow through with that. But my mm-hmm. ideal clients, <laughs> Rich, you're like, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> uh, 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 you told me about me. Uh, right. Yeah. So Facebook is still a great tool. Um, maybe it'll come back around. I have no idea. But Instagram is where it's at right now. So well, and as a business owner, I mean, like, I, I want to know, like, uh, like, like, I, I um, where am I going to get the most, like you said, ROI? I mean, like how, how much am I going to, because I don't want to waste a bunch of time because obviously my time is precious. I got family, I want, you know, um, and whatnot. So I don't want to spend, you know, 30 hours, 40 hours. In fact, another photographer in our group, um, she actually posted a, like a, like a little job listing of, of someone she wants to hire to, to kind of do, do that for her. Um, you know, you know, uh, throughout the week. I'm like, that's brilliant. I feel like I should do that. I should hire someone who is um, young. Um, I, and uh, Like your content creator, just follow you around. <laughs> Little personal rich paparazzi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Can you just follow me around uh, or just text me like, hey, what are you doing? Remember Instagram stories, Instagram, you know, maybe you want to post on Instagram stories now, you know, like something, somebody who remind me about that, you know, cause I never think about it. I never watch Instagram stories, all that kind of stuff. So set a, just set a reminder, a repeating reminder that goes off every like three hours or something and just post something <laughs> just to get you started. Like it, it wouldn't. Oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, oh. I really appreciate your perspective, Ren, on this. Um, and I'll close with this because I thought this was also extremely compelling my my concern, and I think um, I, I know I, I think well at least I think I share this this perspective with Rich and Heather just because we're of a, a similar age range, if you will. But <laughs> one of the things that that took us I, I'll speak for myself that took me off guard initially with Instagram. This is of course years ago was the just the the simple egocentric behavior associated mm. with, it. and so it's all you know look at me, look at me, look at me, and the selfies and trying to look good and, and this kind of thing, and it was just off putting to me. And the conversation that, that we had the other, a couple of weeks ago, Ren, one of the things that you pointed out was that you actually spend time. You're not just going to randomly posting for the sake of attention. You're, you're posting on there specifically to engage with your clients, but also to share a personal side of you. But, but the thing that really got to me was to add value. You're actually trying to, do, to, to post content that is actually helpful to people. Um, mm-hmm. And that's driven my... The, the effort that I've made, while still not as consistent as, as I'd like it to be so far since those two weeks ago... Um, the content that I do post, I, I want I want to encourage conversation, but I want to add value in some way. Even if it's a, a stupid little nerdy tech tip that I picked up or something that I implemented in my workflow, if I'm going to spend the time, I want to add value, whatever, 70, 80% of the time. Um, sure, post a couple of fun things and, and mix your personality into that. But I love the idea that you're that you're focusing on adding value as well. And I think that's really, really important, especially if we're trying to maximize our ROIs in, in Instagram. Yeah, it's like... I just think a lot of times when I'm posting on Instagram, I have people who I don't know who will message me and be like, thank you for saying that. Like, you have no idea. I was, you know, I was going through this. And then when you said that, it kind of changed my perspective or, hey, what's that blah, blah, blah that you were using? Like, I could really use that in my life. And it's just like simple things that I'm not really going out of my way that really impact people and serve them. So I've 
it brings me a lot of joy to do it too. Just being able to connect to people on a different level. Yeah. So nice. I actually, um, I think even about a week ago, I actually added um, like on the contact form of my website, I added, how, how did you find me? And I added Instagram to that list of someone. And I just, I wanted to kind of see like how many people are finding me from Instagram. I just want to know. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can keep track of that. And uh, I, got, I got an inquiry just this morning when someone uh, clicked on Instagram. So I'm like, eesh, I haven't updated, <laughs> I haven't updated uh, Instagram in forever. And the uh, mm-hmm. only thing I've done is stories. So um, so maybe, <laughs> maybe you know what you're doing, Rihanna, I guess. <laughs> hey, I don't know anything. I'm just trying every day and it's working so far. <laughs> nice. Well, and, and I, I think there's something to be said about the relevancy of being on that platform, understanding that that our culture now, that is, they are spending a lot of time there. And I, I'm, I'm still, I'm thinking too about the ROI, the amount of time. So the average wedding photographer, if they're shooting, let's say 25 weddings a year, um, having shot weddings for over 10 years myself and, and been in the industry for even longer now, um, I can't imagine that there's any real need. If you've got, we're talking about efficient workflow. If you've got any efficient mm-hmm. workflow in place, there's really no more, no need to spend any more than maybe 20, 25 hours a week in order to run your business. Um, mm. and, and that may be more than, than you even need in, in a lot of cases. And if, if an hour a day of that, so what is that, you know, five hours a week is spent on Instagram and you can get 50, 60, 70% of your business from it. Why not? I mean, it's such easy work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's an interesting point in conversation. And again, I appreciate you highlighting that for us. And, uh, I, you know, this really could have been our, our industry snapshot um, yeah. segment. But I am curious, Ren, if, if there's anything else that comes to mind, any interesting conversations uh, that you're hearing or involved in in the industry right now or some some tech news or something that's popped up that's caught your attention? Well, um, this week, I feel like we've talked a lot about just in our like little photography community about styled shoots and if photographers should pay for us to be involved in a style shoot. Have you heard that buzz going around that topic? Yes. yes. I saw the drama that happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Well, that post kind of sparked a lot of conversation and um, I was specifically talking to Kristen C. George um, about like her take on it um, because I've participated in really only one style shoot, but I've got a couple coming up one where I like paid to be a part of it. And she's like, I don't understand why you're paying to be a part of it. And I'm like, well, if you go to style shoots across America, like it's a very popular trend for photographers to actually pay to be a part of a style shoot. And um, so we started talking about it. She's like, I kind of, which I don't want to misspeak for her, but she was saying that she thinks that um, photographers and all the other vendors should all pitch in or, it should be a collaborative effort and no one should. So it's really kind of like, cause you're like giving your photos to the vendors, but yeah. So it's been really like a hot topic this week. Well, I, I'm the, curious. Is, oh, go ahead, Heather. Go ahead. I was just going to say, is the mentality behind a photographer paying, uh, is the mentality behind that because a photographer is one of the few vendors involved in a styled shoot who aren't actually paying out of pocket costs to make the styled shoot happen. For example, a caterer and a florist are going to have a cost of goods sold that they're going to yes. be donating to the styled shoot. And whereas with a photographer, you're just talking about a time involvement. Obviously, our time is worth money. But is that mm-hmm. the mentality behind but, but why a photographer could be expected to pay because we've we tip styled shoes are typically not something that we do in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the one or two times that we have done it, there's been no pay. There's been no pay involvement. But yeah, but at the same time, you know, the vendors get a product out of that. Is yes. my photos, my yeah. my talent, my you know these beautiful photos they can use in their own portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like that they're not having to pay yeah, for. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean. Um, where, yeah, where did where did the conversation originally start, or what what was the initial, I guess, premise of the conversation when this all kind of blew up? Can you enlighten all of us or bring us up to speed on that? Um, so, in a vendor Facebook group of around Chattanooga vendors, um, I guess it was made light that there was a plan styled shoot where photographers were paying, and the host of the styled shoot, the coordinator of it all, the venue. Um, yeah, the, there was just some discrepancies between where the money was going to and who was actually benefiting from the money. So, uh, okay, um, I'm I'm not very I don't know the situation exactly, so sure. I don't want to misspeak I, on it. But I do know that it sparked like this huge conversation among all of us. Um, and Kristen doesn't actually she's never done a solid shoot, um, like paid to be in one or participated in like 
the type that we were talking about. So, um, what's the, what's the mentality behind those who are saying that people should pay to be involved? Um, I think it's, it depends on who the coordinator is, but to cover expenses, like to pitch in for florals, or perhaps you couldn't find a dress from someone to use. So you go out and buy the dress and then all the photographers split the cost of it. Um, there, I mean, style shoots can be so many things because it could be one photographer who is like, you know, kind of leading the coordination of it so that they plan it to match exactly what they're wanting for their portfolio. Or I think the ones with multiple photographers who are actually paying to be a part of it, um, they're still probably looking for some, like something to match their portfolio, but it's, they're more hands off in the planning of it. They just see like a, a mood board or, mm. and then they're like, oh, I want to participate. Um, the ones that I've currently participated in, they're out of like, out of the city. So um, like one, the one I just did with Ben, you know, Ben Clifford. Yeah. Yeah. Benjamin um, Clifford's been on our podcast before. He's, he's Yeah. Yeah. So that one was in Arizona. So he took care of all the planning of it. And, um, but he also like organized where we were staying and dinner and he did a lot more for that. So, um, I, yeah, I just think it's an interesting conversation around and you have, I, I mean, style shoots across America where people are planning and charging photographers. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a different mentality. Well, I would go back to Rich's point, which is very simply, I mean, you know, there's a lot of conversations in our culture right now that are uh, sensitive, if you will. And Mm -hmm. a lot of what drives that come, those conversations are feelings. Feelings aren't always the most objective or logical, and it doesn't take away necessarily the significance of them. But at the end of the day, if we're going to accomplish anything and kind of move forward, if we're going to have progress, there also has to be some logic involved. And at this point, I, I'm having a hard time. That to, for me, there's a disconnect between um, the idea that a photographer has to pay while simultaneously providing a, mm-hmm. a, a final product, not only the time involved in shooting, but a final product, which the other vendors didn't have to come out of pocket for. So mm-hmm. at that point, is there not a collaborative effort where everybody is adding value of some kind? Um, and why, why would there be a, any kind of an uproar demanding people to pay in order to be involved when everybody's adding value to the picture is, I guess, confusing to me, but maybe I'm, maybe yeah. there's an element or a nuance uh, I'm missing. Uh, yeah. I think, I think uh, at least, at least this, this style shoot that, uh, that the coordinator was selling tickets to it, to all the vendors, not just the photographers. I mean, like, like basically, Hey, I'm going to do a style shoot. Mm-hmm. And uh, she started selling tickets before the, the, uh, she, 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 uh, she talked to a particular place to do it. Um, the, the, uh, didn't give them all the information. The venue said, yeah, you can do it here because they've done many, but free, uh, uh, style shoots. And then, and then, uh, this, this person started selling tickets before, like, like it was even confirmed a, a contract was signed, anything, you know? Um, wow. and, uh, and, and she's like, wait, and the vendor, vendor's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought this was like a regular style shoot that, mm-hmm. you know, we just all get together. We, we collaborate, everybody like gets, Mm-hmm. You know, you know, yeah. and so well, if, 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 it, if it was one person putting the whole thing together mm-hmm. and they were paying for the flowers and they were paying for, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they're paying with their time, but they're, they're paying for models and they're paying for clothing yeah. and they're paying for props and they're doing, and there's, and there's one person managing the whole thing, or maybe even a couple of people overseeing the whole thing. I can, I could, again, logically, that would make a little bit more sense where if one person's out all these expenses, there's some type of contribution um, monetarily in addition to whatever value somebody brings to, to the, but I mean, at that point, then you don't need all the other vendors. At that point, it's really just the photographer that benefits. So it'd be the photographer that'd be out of mm-hmm. pocket, but that's really not the situation in most of these. You have multiple vendors involved. They're the, the baker, the florist, the um, the photographer, the location. And if everybody is getting something, for, everybody's going to get images from that. And in order to get those images, they have to have their product or their location or you know whatever it is there. I, I don't know. It just It's on a logical level. Maybe I'm being too black and white about it. But um, on a logical level, it just doesn't seem like it should be even be a, a question. But And in fact, the question in my mind is why isn't the photographer's talent and time and final product valued enough 
Mm -hmm. um, that somebody would feel like they need to charge that photographer to be involved. Mm -hmm. Unless they're like saying, Hey, we're going to get 30 photographers out here. And, uh, and, and we have a limited amount of um, spots to open. And this is, this is, this is for beginning photographers who need to pad their, their portfolio. Mm -hmm. I mean, like uh, in, in, in that case, you know, I guess, you know, sell tickets, you know, um, so that if it's on in, in demand, if it's an in-demand thing and everybody wants in, obviously you can monetize that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Sarah LeRae commented on our feed and said, Hi, Sarah. <laughs> hey, Sarah, how's it going? It's easy. I'll pay $50 so I can just show up instead of trying to coordinate it myself. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, if you're, it's a lot less money to spend than all your time involved to coordinate one. So that's one benefit to it, I guess. And that is fair. Again, I, and I think that goes back to the idea where somebody is taking the lead and spending the most time trying to put mm-hmm. the whole thing together. If, if it's, you know, if, it, if it's, let's just say for um, simplicity's sake, we have a, a location, a florist, a, a, a baker sounds like such a dated term, but the, the, <laughs> the cake maker um, and, yeah, candle, and the photographer. Maker. What'd you say? And the candlestick maker. And the candlestick maker, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, and stationery, dress. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that pop up around style shoots that. Sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Well, that's fair. Okay, so but let's say all of those and and potentially others. But those people are sitting down for coffee one day and they're like, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's put a style shoot together. We have everybody here. We want to work together. We like each other. We like to hang out. And ultimately, we'd love to have pictures of all of this. Let's put something together that we can all benefit from." The photographer ends up with a portfolio. The uh, all the other vendors involved get pictures for their portfolio to use in marketing, to put on their website, to put together albums. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless with what you can do with those those images. If there's a collaborative effort in that sense, again, I'm I'm confused as to why there's a question about people needing to pay or a demand that somebody needs to pay. If again somebody is taking lead or a couple of people are taking lead, they're putting all their time and effort, and all you have to do is show up. Then I get I, that that makes a little bit more sense that there would be some money involved, but. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I love it. I, these are the kinds of conversations I, I hope that we get to have more here on on these Workflow Wednesday shows, just because it is interesting to, to talk about what's going on in the industry. And many times there aren't going to be any black and white answers and opinions are a lot of fun to throw out there. So I appreciate you you kind of sharing your thoughts too, Ren, on that. Um, hey, hey, Nathan, this is a new business idea for you, man. You can start, <laughs> start coordinating style shoots and make a profit. <laughs> I think I have my hands full with everything going on as it is, but. <laughs> Um, but it, is it actually really interesting to think about, um, even like somebody out there who wants to, to come up with a business, throw together an app that, that enables photographers to easily throw together or, or wedding vendors to e- easily mm-hmm. throw together a styled shoot. That's an interesting idea. Hmm. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, will you kind of introduce what um, our theme is for this week? Yeah. So um, we are talking about client experiences all of January. And Ren and I were actually talking one day at our meetup about um, how she does her couples like sessions and Mm -hmm. how she goes about making them very personalized and more of a friendship and a relationship than just like, you know, book me, we shoot and we're done and that's it. Um, And I thought that was really, really cool. And when we came up with this topic. I knew that Ren was one I wanted to ask to come on and she said yes. So I'm really excited for us to dive in today. Cool. Yeah. So we are going to be talking about a, a more personalized experience for, for our couples. Um, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate because to our earlier conversation, I like to stir the pot a little bit, but you know, it's something that we've heard actually written from, from a lot of photographers that have come on the podcast. When I talk to them mm-hmm. about brand position, I'm like, what sets your business apart? And they're like, well, I have a personal relationship with my clients. And, mm-hmm. and and in no way do I mean to, to um, minimize the significance of that for any of those brands. But the reality is a brand position is supposed to set us apart. The idea of creating a, trying to, to have a personal relationship with our clients is not unique to many, if not most photographers in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm really curious to dig into today is how you make it unique for you. And um, I, I, honestly, a lot of this centers around, or at least begins with something that's on your website. And again, for for those listening in, if you haven't checked it out, go to Rin's website. It's Rin Loren Photography, R-Y-N-L-O-R-E-N Photography.com. We'll link to it in the show notes. I'm pointing down like, like people can see the show notes below. Um, but talk to us about the uh, inquiry form that you have there on their website, because this really helps begin the relationship. Um, you're going beyond just asking for a wedding date. You are a wedding photographer, for those of you who mm-hmm. haven't caught on to this yet, but um, you're a wedding photographer. So a date for your couples, 
um, you know, their names and uh, what's, I, I mean, I don't know, what, what are the, the kind of templated questions that most photographers might ask? You get personal and that begins this personal relationship with the photographer so, or with the client. So talk to us a little bit about what that, that inquiry form looks like and um, how that helps you kind of drive this engagement with your clients. Yeah. So I kind of have this spot that I call like my ramble on spot. And I just ask them to either like, you know, tell their love story, how they meet a proposal, anything that they want to tell me when I first, like our first interaction with each other. Um, and so I get really funny things in that spot. <laughs> Sometimes so it's just like straight to the point of like, my husband and I are getting married. We want you to be our photographer end of story. And then sometimes it's like, I fell in love with him. And, uh, you know, he proposed da, 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 and like so long and so many details. So, um, I get those two. And I think you're really wanting me to hit on my question about either coffee, um, gelato or champs. Is that the one? Well, I'm, so I actually just, as you were talking there, I pulled up the, the form and oh, yeah. the first part's pretty straightforward. It's first name, mm-hmm. last name, email address, phone number, event, wedding date, location, right? So these are the kinds of things that a lot, that a lot if not hopefully most photographers, the information <laughs> that they're collecting. The necessary um, information to kind yeah, of put yeah, the whole yeah. picture together. <laughs> yeah. And and then what you're, they're actually looking to book with you, the budget, how, how they heard about you. Uh, but then the first question that gets more personal and, and fun, I, again, I, I, I appreciate your humor. I appreciate Rich's humor, largely because I can relate very much to what Heather was saying. I'm I just am a, a, a relatively uptight human being, and I'm trying to get better at that. Um, but I just appreciate that. I think it's a lot of fun. So the first question you ask is using gelato as a scale. Oh, yes. How, how set are you on having Ren Loren? So how, like, where did you even come up with the idea for that question? And how are people responding to it? Um, well, I kind of looked around at some other photographers in the industry that do more adventure-based elopement, kind of just whimsical, fun style, which have personal brands. And they all kind of had something that people knew about them. Like one girl loves hot sauce. One girl loves macaroni and cheese. Kind of just something that people know about you. And I love gelato. So, um, <laughs> and then you got kind of like ranking of, okay, one scoop two scoops. It kind of just made sense in my head. Um, and when they approach me in the booking process, I know, okay, they're really sold on me. They need a lot more information or kind of just already, I know how to approach them to kind of cultivate a relationship and sell myself to them. So I'm, I'm literally, I'm almost laughing here because I've got that drop down pulled up right now. Yeah. So that the answers that you give, it, the first one is give me the triple scoop with sprinkles on top. And then parentheses, all caps, booking you right now. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is one scoop, please. In parentheses, 95% sure you want me. And then the third option is, can I have a sample of question mark? And then in parentheses, still shopping around. Um, so I, I love that. I, I'm curious though, like what, what is the, the percentage? What's the ratio of those people that are just like, dude, I, I want to book this girl already <laughs> only because this drop down right here is cracking me up. Yeah. Um, I, I just added it for this new season. So okay. I haven't had that many people respond to it yet, but most of the time it's somewhere in the middle. Like, okay. um, yeah, the 95% sure, but need, and that usually is all around pricing. So they're like, I really want you, but I need the fine line details of like, can I make this happen? So. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, the next question right underneath that, it says, tell me all your favorite things. And in, in the box where they're going to type the favorite things, it says, I want to know you. Tell me about yourself, your story. Tell me what you like to do and what you like to eat. If you have a boo thing, tell me about them too. How did you meet? How did you propose? Ramble on about yourselves because I can't wait to know you and your story. And what kind of, I mean, what we found at Photographer's Edit, for example, is when we give people the opportunity to just like talk as much as they want to, they will at times. Yeah. Um, and we get like paragraphs of information. Like what what kind of responses are you getting in, in answer to that question? I mean, it goes questions? all over. It can be really short. And I think a trend that I'm noticing of people aren't totally sold on me or they don't really, maybe they haven't followed me on Instagram that long. They don't say as much in that box as someone who already feels like they know me. And here's their chance to like start the relationship two way instead of just knowing about me on Instagram. Um, yeah, I just get random stuff. I'm trying to think of the most random thing I've gotten. Well, let's, let's make it like even more tangible and practical for our listeners though. It, the information is one thing, right? It's if you collect that, 
um, and they don't really actually do anything or act on it, um, what's the point? I mean, we talk about that. We've talked about that um, even recently in the podcast, this, the significance of collection of information. I mean, we, we're an information-rich culture, um, but if we're not actually doing something, you're reading books, listening to podcasts on social media, if we're not actually doing anything about it, then, then what's the point? So s- similar idea here. Um, what, how does, does the information that you're getting from the clients in, from that question, how does that translate to the experience that they're creating? Um, and, and I have to add here too, because maybe this is relevant right underneath that. You also have, if you could only have one of the following for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? <laughs> and you, you put like an, an stars gelato all the way for me. And then you give the options gelato, champagne, and coffee. Um, so I'm sure that probably plays into the conversation. But talk to us about how you make this practical, or not practical, but make it more tangible for the client. How does all that information translate to the experience then that you're creating for them? Yeah. So after they answer that, it gives me a clear picture of just like, okay, I can approach them, my normal, like in your face kind of like, you know, person, or if they're kind of more reserved. I immediately know, okay, like ease in, don't scare them away. (laughs) Don't show up like this to them. (laughs) I need this question on my website right now. I'm like, normally I'm like all in, you know, like, "Ah," (laughs) uh, back off. Yeah. So it allows me to really read my potential client and cultivate the experience that's going to make them most comfortable. Um, And then I use that information specifically when I'm in um, like our one-on-one meeting and just like bringing up things to talk about and to get to know them more. And it really helps them become more comfortable. And then they're also like, a lot of times our meeting is pretty far away from when they inquire. And so they're like, oh my gosh, like, how did you know that? Like, they forget what they wrote in the box. And so, uh, they, you know, it kind of puts them at a level of vulnerability and hmm. they open up more in our initial meeting, I would say. Well, they probably feel more significant too. I mean, maybe vulnerable, mm-hmm. but like the fact that they shared information that you were actually paying attention to, yes. that's unusual. And that we've, we've talked about this in the podcast as well, but like the significance of doing something that, it's one thing to say, I like, I like to focus on relationships. It's another thing to actually paying attention in a conversation. And then mm-hmm. a week later or two weeks later, a month later, come back to a conversation with that same person and bring that thing back up or give them a gift that's, that is a reflection of that conversation or ask yes. them about something that they, they commented on a couple of weeks ago or a month ago because you were actually paying attention. That, that creates a sense of significance for, the, for those people. So I can imagine it. It feels mm-hmm. good. Like if, if you did that for me, I feel incredible. I'm getting yeah. goosebumps talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And then the question where I ask about the champagne, coffee, or gelato, that also kind of um, helps me curate and cultivate the relationship and how I'm going to gift give or give gifts to them. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, champagne, I love sending people champagne because it's like festive and you're getting married and congrats, but not everyone drinks. And a lot of times I don't have that information right off the bat. So, um, based on that question, I can kind of like, okay, I'm going to go this direction. And, um, something I also do is I try and meet all of my clients for one of those three things. Usually we go out for beer, not champagne. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) like before our actual session, so we get to talk and meet up, um, and kind of spend some time together before I just Mm -hmm. put a camera in their face Mm -hmm. because my style of photography is I try and capture you very authentically. Um, and I know a lot of people say that, but it kind of, how I do it is like, I want to, capture you exactly how you guys are. Like, I don't want to move his hand because he might hold you that way for the next 45 years. And I want people to look at that picture and be like, wow, they still are like that. Um, and a lot of times people are like, Oh, what do I do with my hands? And so if we have a conversation before they know me more than they did, they probably like me a little bit more, hopefully. And then, um, they'll trust me more. And I'm like, listen, you don't have to worry about this. Like I got your back. And just do this weird thing, which I do very weird things during my photo shoots. Um, Please, you have to so I feel like I almost have no. to. Let's open this up. Let's open this up. Okay. Um, Un- unpack it. Probably the weirdest prompt I have, which um, is to, I ask my couple to jello and like, 
This is weird. I don't know how to show you this. So you have your couple. Okay, so you here's have them. for those of you listening to the audio version, this oh, is yeah. where you want to be on Facebook Live today because you're going to want to see this. I'll, I'll try to describe as as really. Hey, hey uh, I I have Heather here. You can show me. You can we can we can be your. You know. no, oh, that's no, awesome! No. Yeah, do it. All right, All right guys. So I'm going to need you guys to stand up and face chest to chest. Uh, uh, can we do this? Can we do this? We'll be out of the video. Uh, no, we can do this. We can do this. Come on. Come on. They're brave. They don't even know what I'm about right, to ask I'm, them. Unplug the audio so you can still hear her when she's talking to you. All right, let me let me move this up here, okay? All right, all right. I'm about to hit the. the okay. Oh. God. All, right, all right, all right. Chest to chest. Okay, chest to chest. For, for those yeah, of you chest listening, to Rich chest. just nailed his head on on the light above him. Yeah. Okay. And then I usually ask my couples to waffle, which I use a lot of food references. I'm realizing this mid podcast, but um, what you're gonna do is you're gonna take your fingers and just interlace them, and you're gonna just hang them down by your sides. Okay. All right. I think you're doing good. Okay. I can see. (laughs) And then you're literally just going to like go like this, like, and you're going to pretend you're both jello together. (laughs) 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 Okay. We don't have the space we need on a live video to jello effectively, Uh, I feel like. That's the best thing ever. I cannot imagine what that just looked like. Yes. And something I want to clarify. So for those listening in, what what (laughs) happened, we have to describe this because some of the some of you may not have seen the video version. What, what just happened was that Rich and Heather are facing each other, standing very, very close. And then they be, both began, based on Brent's <laughs> recommendations, to move as though, what's that, what's that move that the people do on the, the, worm. Worm. the worm? The worm. They were basically the doing worm. the worm standing up yeah, against yeah. each other's bodies. Vertical <laughs> worm. Yeah. Going on. Not <laughs> only that, the video, because it's limiting to like basically their chest and up, we're not seeing what's going on down below, which makes it even more awkward. <laughs> I can't tell you how much that was going through my mind. When and, we were doing uh, and, okay, first of all, Heather was more, more into it than I was. I'm impressed. Okay. <laughs> like, let me just do this. Yeah, she really was. Uh, well, first of all, this makes me want to do a photo shoot with you because uh, we're goofy. And um, we one time hired a photographer to photograph mm-hmm. us who we realized after the fact was not the right fit for us because everything he likes to capture is not yep, you, exactly, Nathan. Yep, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything he likes to capture is like deep and moody and like, we were like, oops, oh, yeah, we yeah. we're not, you know what I'm saying? Sure. A great photographer, but just it, it, we're goofy mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, but I have a question for you. Uh, last week on our, uh, mm-hmm. on our live video, we were speaking with Renee uh, Bowen and she was talking about the power of Instagram stories in her business. She's primarily a mm-hmm. senior photographer. She photographs high school seniors and that's her niche. But she was talking about how because she is so um, involved and engaged uh, in Instagram and on her stories, she she actually skips the initial meeting and consultation. And I think part of that is because specifically she does photograph seniors and a lot of and that's a different generation than what we're talking about right now. You can't, you can't go get a beer with them. <laughs> yeah. Not advice. Not advice. Like, Let's go get a beer. <laughs> but I was actually asking what your thoughts on that were. Have you considered foregoing that initial consultation or do you feel like that's critical to your business? And that's, that's something that you would never want to skip over because you're working with couples and you feel like that's a really critical time to connect with them. I, for me, I think it's really critical because I'm asking you to do kind of crazy stuff like that. And I do want to clarify that I, I, um, kind of like, you know, measure my couple's willingness to be involved. And so I'm not going to ask a couple who is very reserved to do that. But, um, so in the initial meeting, I love that time. I get to know them better. I get to know their priorities for their wedding day. I get to know like where their heart is at and how I can best serve them by capturing them, by knowing them closer. That also, I really try and meet with the grooms being there also, because they're my hardest people to sell. They're, you know, they're not all like rich, like, come on, let's do this. on. (laughs) And so um, I make a fool out of myself at shoots and just in person so that they feel more comfortable. They're like, oh, she's acting ridiculous. Like if I even put one little step towards it in that direction, I still get what I need and they don't, they don't feel, you know, uncomfortable. So, yeah. And so your ideal client is going to be someone for the most part, who's willing to be silly and to take those kinds of risks that are a bit vulnerable in front of your camera. Do you find that 
your Instagram stories and putting yourself out there and allowing people to know who you are helps you to hone in on your ideal client and attract the right kind of client to you that is most, for the most part, willing to be that way in front of your camera? Yes. So far, so good. You know, and I send out my pricing guide, which is a brochure and it kind of has like, here, meet me. And then, Mm -hmm. um, my ideal bride. And I list out like, Hey, let's not be afraid to get your dress dirty. Let's not be afraid to, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not the the photographer for a bride who needs to carry around lipstick all day and reapply. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, I make it very clear. And also, Mm -hmm. um, they do, if they follow my Instagram stories and they see the behind the scenes, they know that I'm creating more of like memories and more motion based photography than, mm-hmm. you know, the static fine art, which I have an appreciation for, but that's just not how I like to shoot. Um, You're not dark and moody, Ren? No. <laughs> Although I did post a really dark photo yesterday, so be proud. Ooh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, well, like Haley, Haley is our, our dark and moody person, as you can see. <laughs> just here (laughs) well I there's there's honestly there's more that I want to dig into here but I know we also have limited time we've got about 10 minutes and um, as part of this this experience that you're creating for your clients you're doing something that I know you place a lot of importance on and that is providing a style guide and Mm -hmm. uh, this is interesting to me actually considering the conversation too that we just had about how kind of light and fun you keep things you're simultaneously providing that style guide for your client. So I'm curious about mm-hmm. a couple of things. One, how did you come up with the style guide? What all is involved in it too? And then three, again, how does that translate to the actual experience for your clients? So I'm a firm believer that over communication a lot of times is better than none at all. Well, obviously, but um, <laughs> I, you know, when I was younger, I had a few photo shoots done of me and the photographers really didn't give me a lot of information. And being on the other side of the camera is really hard. Sometimes you're like, okay, what do I wear? What's actually going to look good. You just sure, have yeah. so many questions. Like, how do I prepare? What does this look like? Especially if you've never had professional photos taken, say before your engagement photos, Um, especially as a couple. And then, so the style guide is just a huge document. I think it's at 27 pages. Um, I sent it out on a Google drive link. It's so big and it has pictures through it for people to get um, kind of an idea about, you know, things that they could do, but it talks about, um, just location, choosing the right location and the time frame of when I like to shoot, like what my style being more traditional and light, um, how the time frame that I work best. Um, it talks about just what looks best on camera in terms of females. Um, it talks about how to prep your man for the session. It, I also talk about, um, like family portraits, even though I don't shoot a lot of family portraits and I, Mm. you know, that's not where I'm at. Um, I still provide that information because chances are they're going to have a family portrait one day and just to already serve them with that information. Um, well, it's relevant for the family portraits at your wedding too, right? Yes, kind of. Um, this is more of like a, you know, posing five. So, uh, parents and three kids more of where I'm like, okay, mom's like, you know, if we're going to be sitting on the ground at all, you might want to wear a longer dress and not a shorter dress or just like small things. Oh, one big point I make in my style guide is please no spray tans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like I make that clear. Cause a lot of people think that'll be better for photos, but my style of shooting, it's not the greatest. So, so Rich, before um, Ren photographs you and Heather, just remember no spray tan, no, no lipstick, please. It kind of it, it looks like we have a spray tan right now. Look I at know. <laughs> it looks like I do too. This light, this ambient light is just crazy. You mentioned, you mentioned that an element of that, that style guide is how to prep your man. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about the male species there <laughs> and we tend to be a little bit, uh, well, I'll speak for myself. I'm not necessarily the, the um, most, uh, shall we say, modern style connoisseur. And mm. uh, I keep things pretty simple. So in a, in that context, and, and for I think a lot of guys who don't really pay a whole lot of attention to what they wear, like what is what is some of the information that you're sharing in that guide? Um, some of the information I'm sharing, the, probably the main element to that section is put him in layers. So guys just look so good in layers. They, especially like if you're wearing a jacket or a blazer, it just makes you look really square. And so, Mm. um, it just, it just portrays a 
a guy so well when and then you can also pair it differently and it just adds an right, element are you saying that you like that v-shape in guys is that what you're saying that, <laughs> yes that fit I do. Glass. we like our husband Nice. Yeah. So, and then just talking to them, communicating like, okay, this is what it's going to look like, how important it is for them. Like the bride, like, you know, honey, like this is really important to me. We'll have these photos forever. So, and a lot of times the brides don't always have to convince husbands, but, or fiancés, but you know how it goes. Like some guys are more reserved about photos than Mm -hmm. um, the ladies are. So. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. I wonder if maybe we can just for the sake of context and better understanding, cause again, we have, I hate we have such limited time, but mm-hmm. can we maybe link to that, that guide, that style guide in the show notes as well? I try and keep it exclusive for my clients. Do you? Okay. Yeah. But wow. I would, um, I do have to say, I do send out like little tidbits on my email list. Okay. So if you are interested, like you can always join my email list. Perfect. So what we'll do then is we'll link to, um, and and you and Haley can connect. We'll make sure to link to your email list and in the show notes for those listening in to kind of get an idea. Um, Honestly, we could, we could have spent easily probably another hour here getting into more of the details associated with this experience that you're creating for your clients. But I think, Mm -hmm. I think that we can take a cue if if nothing else here, um, even at the surface level that we were able to cover the significance of incorporating humor and, (laughs) As much as people say be authentic, I, I think that a lot of us, and I'll again speak for myself here, a lot of us have an apprehension when it comes to actually putting our, um, uh, I hate the, it's such a cliche phrase, but our true self out there um, <laughs> yeah. for, for, you know, one fear or another. We don't, we don't want to, we're afraid of what people think or what they might say or what they might do in response to that. Um, and that is holding us back a lot of times from an opportunity to be able to connect with people, particularly in the context of, of photography that we might have an incredible chemistry with, and as a result, be able to take even better pictures for. Um, and, and I love that you're doing that. You're, you're letting your personality shine and you're putting it out there. And, and it's, um, it not only shows, I mean, certainly in um, the work that you're, or the, the things that you're doing on Instagram stories to our earlier conversation, but certainly in that, that inquiry form as well. Um, so I appreciate you sharing a little bit of what you're doing. And again, for those of you who are curious and wanna reach out to Ren, um, you can find her on Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash Rinloren and then RinLorenPhotography.com. We'll link to both those in the show notes as well as the information about your email list. But thank you so much for making time to share with us today and incorporating some humor into the mix as well. Yeah, yeah thanks for putting up with my crazy self. It was great, Rin. <laughs> oh, that's, it was great. They're used to it. They're used to me. So I'm like, uh, like, uh, the more the merrier. Yeah, I know. You guys jelloing just made my whole day. Like that was incredible. <laughs> I don't usually go back and watch the videos of our live, uh, you know, in the same way that an actor doesn't watch their work because it just makes you wince because seeing yourself and hearing yeah, yourself is just an awkward thing. But for this one, Rin, <laughs> I'm I, going to have to go see the jelloing. I, I don't I don't know. It did record it did uh, or because someone else was talking. Uh, it didn't actually go to it, did it? Oh, that's a great question. Well, oh, I guess we're, oh, no idea. we're gonna we'll find out somehow. Maybe we can at least get a screen grab somewhere. That would either be very good that if it didn't, or or the saddest thing ever. I don't know. We we may have to recreate it uh, uh, on a on a Thursday. I'll do a photo shoot of you guys. So for those oh, listening, what we're talking. Clarify about the jello shot. I'm not actually taking pictures of them jelloing. I'm looking for the in-between moments of interaction. Yes. So yeah. if you yeah. use that prompt, <laughs> please do not like focus on the actual jello. Wait for we, the second after. We were with you. We were okay, with you. Good. We knew what you were going I, I love, I love yeah. jello. You had me at jello. <laughs> Very glad you clarified. Like okay. you said, it's the in-between moments and the reactions as a result of that prompt, you know, yes. and that, yeah, we were. And with it you. just loosens them up. So yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, yeah, for those of you who have been listening to the audio version, do check out the video version because you definitely <laughs> missed out today. What they were just what everybody was just talking about is that depending on whoever is speaking, whoever's making the most noise at the moment, that's where the video automatically goes. So yeah. I'm hoping that at some point we captured a little bit of the jello action there. <laughs> um, but this has been really fun. Thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out with us for Workflow Wednesday. Again, for for those of you listening to the audio version, facebook.com slash photogs edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. And um, you can come back and watch the video version. And of course, for those of you watching live or looking at the video, go to Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com. Listen to the audio, see the show notes. And then very quickly, Haley, before we sign off, talk to us about what's coming here in the next uh, week or so. 
Yeah. So we are finishing up the client experience uh, topic next week, but for February, we are looking for either photographers that want to speak, or if our listeners have a very specific topic, feel free to either comment on the Facebook live, or you can email me at Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-E at photographersedit.com. And we will work on getting a new topic for February so that it's more of what our listeners want to hear from. That's awesome. And and it's a good reminder too, please, for those of you that listen or watch or both, please always feel free to, to email Haley. Uh, she just mentioned her email address, myself, Nathan at photographersedit.com. Not only do we like to hear your thoughts, positive or negative, constructive criticism, or just the difference that the podcast is making in your life, in your business, but suggestions as far as guests, and you can even volunteer yourself. Um, as you can see, the format is pretty simple. We always end up going to a particular topic. So if you feel like um, you can share on a topic that is um, or in a very specific way that is relevant specifically or uniquely to your business, um, then, then let us know what the topic is, or topic is and we'll see if we can get you worked into the, uh, the book of podcast interview schedule. And uh, it, thanks again to Haley for all the work that she does in putting these together. We're putting three a week out right now. So lots and lots of content going out. For those of you who are new listeners or viewers, make sure you check it out, bocapodcast.com. Thank you guys very much. Have an absolutely wonderful Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at photographers The Boca podcast is brought to you by photographers edit custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.